Hello, this is Aura Chisholm and welcome to Biz Talk with Aura. So how many of you have been thinking about writing a book? You know you want to do it, but you don't know quite how to start? Well, guess what? You're in luck today. <laughs> I have a special guest today, Pat Iyer. And she has been working with entrepreneurs and business professionals who have that burning desire to write a book, but just don't quite know where to start. So, Pat, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself, and uh, then we'll go ahead and, and maybe answer some of the questions our viewers may have on how to actually get started in writing their book. Perfect. Well, thank you, Aura. I'll take you back to 1985 when I worked on a self-learning module. If you have come from the education world, you may remember self-learning modules as <laughs> like workbooks. We would call them workbooks now. Yeah. And I worked with a couple of other nurses. I was in a nursing education position at that time. And all of our three hospitals asked us to please create a self-learning module on a particular nursing topic called the nursing process. Yeah. We worked together and we thought we did a really great job. We took that book, that workbook into each of our three hospitals and we used it to teach nurses. So we said, this is such a great book. Other people should benefit from this <laughs> workbook. Let's find out if a publisher would publish it. We went to the largest nursing publisher at that time and submitted the self-learning module and the editor picked up the phone and called me and said, this is a great self-learning module, but we need this to be a textbook. It's too skeletal. You need to flesh it out. If it's a textbook, we can sell it in schools of nursing. So we, in our infinite wisdom, said, that's too much work. We just wanted to publish it without doing any more on it. <laughs> we went to a second publisher. Great self-learning module would be wonderful as a textbook. You need to flesh it out, turn it into a textbook. So we said, okay, we'll do it. And it took about six months with the three of us co-authoring it. And in 1986, in the spring, that book came out. And what was so exciting, Aura, is that we were at a conference in the old train station in St. Louis, which has been turned into a hotel. Huh. And the book was shipped directly from the printer to this conference to start being sold. My co-author, Barbara, and I were walking down the hall, and this woman was coming in the opposite direction. She had stopped at the publisher's booth. She had our book under her arm, and we wanted to tackle her and say, You bought our book! You bought our book! <laughs> That's exciting. But we were, you know, very cool, of course. That first book enabled me to approach attorneys to offer to be a nursing expert witness, which got me into the field of testifying about whether nurses did or did not follow the standard of care and do what they were supposed to. They were all lawsuits where this setting occurred. And I then started working with attorneys to supply experts, and that initial book led to my expert witness career, forming my company, hmm. ultimately bringing in, getting under contract, training, and supplying 200 expert witnesses hmm. from 1989 to 2015, 
I sold my company on January 2nd, 2015. So by the time you hear this program, it will be six years since I sold that company. And it became a multi-million dollar company, which only happens to about 6%, maybe 5% of all small businesses cross the, th- the threshold of annual sales of being more than a million dollars. Right. So I can say for me personally, writing that first book had an enormous payoff. And I can't promise you as you're listening to this <laughs> podcast or watching the video on YouTube that you're going to make millions of dollars with that book, your first book. Yeah. It was really the doors that that book opened for me, the credibility and the authority that came with that book. After 1986, I have since written or been the chief editor or co-editor of a total of 49 books. Okay. Cool. So you mentioned about your first book. Uh, pretty much got picked up as your company got sold and it did have the potential for, you know, the million dollar potential. So when the average person is writing a book, though, and, and kind of what you alluded to, it you can't really expect uh, necessarily to get rich overnight with your book. But can you give us some tips on maybe what does it take to maybe get good, great book sales or... How likely is this to happen after you write your book in the first year? Or just kind of set some maybe expectations of what one could expect? Sure. If you are an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. the whole purpose of the book is not book sales. In fact, if you think you're going to become rich, keep in mind that you might get, like I did, about 35 cents an hour in terms of my royalties and my book sales. But I've made millions of dollars because of the credibility and the authority that came along with it. Right. It is a crowded book place. There are lots of books coming onto Amazon every day. The market is strong. It's even stronger now than ever in terms of the, the billions of dollars that people across the world spend on books. Mm -hmm. However, if you break that down to one specific book, you might be lucky if you if you're able to sell maybe 500 to 1000 copies. Mm-hmm. The average book doesn't even sell that much, but it opens doors. So if you had your book aura and you were writing about networking and building entrepreneurial opportunities, your book makes your name come to the attention of people who are in a position to hire you. Okay. That's why books are called business cards on steroids (laughs) back when we could go to networking events in person yeah i'm sure you can remember coming away from an event and you've got at least four or five business cards (laughs) from people you've met yes more than that (laughs) you open up your drawer and you put them in the drawer and you say well one day when i have time Mm -hmm. i'm going to put them in my database and they're still sitting in your drawer And you have forgotten the person and you can't remember the person's face. And if you're lucky, the business card says what that person did. If you're unlucky, it's just a name, an email address, (laughs) a phone number, a website. But if you get a book handed to you, you say, oh, now, oh, I want to read this because we don't take books and throw them out until we end up with no more space in our bookcases. 
or we buy the book on Kindle so <laughs> you can have 80 books on in one little electronic pad. It gives you the authority that you're looking for. It gives you an opportunity to influence your industry. If you are working in a specific space, for example, perhaps if you're listening to this program and social media is one of your real strong strengths, you build your business around helping business owners with their social media platforms and presence. If you write a book on how to maximize your social media presence, when people are thinking about social media, they think of you because you stand out as opposed to all the other people who are helping individuals with social media. Okay. Another aspect of this, besides gaining advantage over your competitors, is that if you are a speaker, for example, the speakers who have books are more likely to be selected and with keynote fees and trainings running into the thousands of dollars, that speaking fee is going to bring you more with one speaking fee than if you had sold your book. You can also raise your fees because you have set yourself apart from other people. Not only do speakers get hired more frequently Mm -hmm. because they've written a book, And they also can charge more. And between you and me, that book can be independently published. That book can be kind of average. Most people who receive a book, unless you're obsessive like I am and you like to read all the time, Mm -hmm. they don't even have to open (laughs) your book to be impressed. Just the fact that you've written it is impressive. Particularly if you've done a good job with the design, it doesn't scream self-published, you know, cheap design, thoughtless design. If it looks professional, if it's if you have either learned how to lay it out in Word mm-hmm. appropriately, or what I recommend is hiring somebody on a platform like Upwork, spending a couple of hundred dollars, have a professional lay out your book who knows about margins and fonts and spacing. Okay. Then your book looks just like the books that come from publishers. And... There are a lot of people, and it may be something um, that you might do one day, or if you want to write a book, is you might have um, Aura Publishing Company or Austin Publishing Company, Mm. Inc., or you can create your own publishing company, (laughs) and it doesn't even have to have your name in it. Right. Uh, But somebody, oh, I haven't heard of the Austin Publishing Company. I think I, I would like to buy that book. Great, great. So, so you mentioned about uh, publishing for those who might be interested in self-publishing or otherwise. So can you talk with us a little bit about the different options a person can have when publishing their books? Like, are there certain types of publishers you want to maybe stay away from or focus on or woes in terms of self-publishing and maybe some pros and cons? Sure. There are three types of publishers. The first is the traditional publisher, who is a name like John Wiley or Simon & Schuster Mm -hmm. or Penguin Books, the names that you would recognize. There are hybrid publishers, also called vanity publishers, and then there's independent publishing. I'll start with the traditional publisher. The traditional publisher does not like to take risks. 
So they would prefer to publish from books from people who have a name. Okay. Uh, if you are Michelle Obama and you can sell 2 million books in your first month of releasing your biography, which autobiography, mm-hmm. which is beautifully written, mm-hmm. or you're Laura Trump and Donald Trump's niece brought out a book that within the first week, I believe, sold over a million copies in one week. Publishers are very happy to talk to you if you have that caliber. Okay. You and I don't. Let me be clear. You're, you are not well-known, Aura. Right. I am not well-known. So the publisher then says, okay, well, I might be willing to take a risk on you. How are you going to promote this book? Who are you going to be talking to in the next few months? What podcasts are, have you been on? What podcasts do you run? How many people are in your social media connections? Mm-hmm. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. What are you personally going to do to promote this book? Okay. And you may say, well, I thought, Pat, that was the job of the publisher. Oh, no, the publisher wants you to have some skin in the game. They used to give advances routinely. They've pulled back on that. Mm-hmm. They used to do all the marketing they have, are now, some of them at least, are coming to the author and saying, okay, you're unknown. What are you going to pay us to take your book on? Two people from the Florida Speakers Association who I know approached a traditional publisher, first-time authors. The publisher said to them, we'll take a chance on you, but you have to pay us $50,000 to help market your book. <laughs> okay. Well, do you know how many copies you have to sell to recover an investment of $50,000? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It's it's not going to happen. A bunch. (laughs) So they said, thank you, but no thank you. The advantage of a traditional publisher is they do have reach. They have a catalog. They Mm -hmm. have a website. They do have marketing people. They can set up interviews with podcasts, radio shows. Disadvantage is it's very hard to get your foot in the door. You need to have an agent who has a relationship with a publisher and you get about 10 to 12% of the wholesale cost of the book. Hmm. That would amount uh, for the traditional publishers I've worked with. uh, The books have been either nursing books or books for attorneys and legal nurse consultants. And some of those books that particularly the legal books were over a hundred dollars. I get royalty checks. I get maybe in the beginning, I got maybe four or $500 twice a year. Now it's down to about enough to cover a meal in a restaurant. <laughs> Books are old and I haven't chosen to update them. Right. So you get very little in your pocket. The publisher's getting 90% of that price. So if you're in it to make money, the traditional publisher is not going to be the answer. Okay. So then we look at hybrid publishers or vanity press. And it used to be before Amazon put together Create Space and Print on Demand Mm -hmm. and then turned that into Kindle Direct Publishing. It used to be you had two choices, traditional publishing or hybrid publishing. The hybrid publishers are interested in your money. In healthcare, we call this the biopsy of your wallet. (laughs) or the green test. And if you pass, 
the biopsy or green test, they're happy to take you on. They are not necessarily looking for high quality material. If you want to write them a check, they want to publish you. Okay. Whereas the traditional publisher rejects piles and piles and stacks of manuscripts every single day because it's not to their quality. The hybrid publisher charges you to publish the book, to have it copy edited, to market it as long as you have the money and you read the contract and the fine print. It's a buyer beware situation. Hmm. Okay. One of the people who went through a course that I teach on starting your book went to a hybrid publisher. She paid $14,000 to have her book created. Okay. It's being sold on Amazon for 99 cents. Oh, my. Okay. If she had asked me my opinion, as obviously you can tell, I've got some strong opinions about these things. (laughs) I would have said to her, no, don't do that. Yeah. But she wanted that option, and she was happy with the cover. She was happy with the book. From a money-making perspective or return on investment, I'm not so sure. People who are leery about the hybrid publishers then think, all right, traditional publishers not interested in me because I might not have big enough an audience. Right. The hybrid publisher is interested in me, but I might not have big enough a wallet for them. Or it's kind of philosophically opposed to the idea of spending that much money. Then the option that is left is independent publishing or self-publishing. Yes, okay. And and that's why Kindle Direct Publishing and Lulu.com is another print-on-demand publisher. That's how they make their money is by working with independent publishers, meaning you and me. Okay. The simple, it's a simple process of uploading the book. You only pay for the books that you buy for yourself at your author discount, which is you pay for the physical printing of the book, generally between $3.50, $4.50, somewhere in that range. Okay. Kindle does not charge you for uploading your book to their site. They want your book because that book goes on Amazon. Once it's on Amazon, then for any print book, you get 70% of the wholesale price. They take out the cost of printing, mm-hmm. and then they give you 70%. And then you can turn it into an ebook if you wish. You can work with Amazon ACX, which creates the audiobooks. You could have it okay. in all three platforms or only one. Okay. And it's literally print-on-demand. So if you, or uh, at the end of this program, go onto Amazon, and you order a book that you think you would like to read, it's literally printed that day. If you flip into the back of the very back of a book that somebody uploaded as a self-published book, you can see the date and the location where the book was printed, and the time. Okay. So you don't have to... (laughs) buy 500 copies of the book, which is something that traditional publishers are now asking their authors to do. You you, And the hybrid publishers have their trucks go out, and one day there's a horn that beeps, and there is a man with a pallet of cases of books because (laughs) you agreed to buy a 1,000 books from that hybrid publisher. And a 1,000 books takes up a lot of room. Yes, I can imagine. (laughs) 
you've got to have a big garage or an extra bedroom. Mm -hmm. I have heard nightmares of this from people who then said, okay, well, what do I do now? Well, you bought the books, go sell them. So they're, they're literally figuring out how to put them on a website, yeah. take them to conferences when they can go to conferences in person, fill up their trunk with boxes of books, hand them out to people they meet. You know, that's the disadvantage of hybrid publishers as opposed to print on demand, which yeah. is exactly what it says. You could put up your yeah. book. You could order 17 copies. They'll print 17 copies. They'll yeah. ship 17 copies to you. And then you're not obligated to buy any more than the number that you want. Yeah, so I think that definitely sounds like a more attractive option for me. <laughs> so now, when you're writing a book and considering your topics, being that I'm a business consultant, some of the things that interest me more in writing a book is just a pretty much uh, I cater to entrepreneurs and helping them get started and mm -hmm. kind of like a guidebook. But are there any suggestions that you could give a person who desires to write a book in terms of certain certain topics or picking your topic? Um, and I don't know if there's a certain, you know, wording or the type of titles to have or just any general tips in when you're trying to select what you want to write about. Sure. Consider that that book is going to be like a member of your family. That okay. book's going to be with you for a long time. Okay. Pick a topic that's going to serve you in your business. Now, you may want to write fiction or poetry. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're talking about right what? now. We're talking about authority, building, and credibility. Something that you know well and that you're interested in. Okay. That book can lead to online courses that mm -hmm. book can lead to coaching and consulting okay. that book can lead to a new topic for a speech if you are a public speaker or professional speaker yeah so it should be something first of all that you find fascinating because you're going to take a deep dive into that topic it is an education to write a book you can go into a topic thinking well i know all about that and then you start reading and researching to write your book, and all of a sudden you realize, I hadn't even considered that point. Yeah. <laughs> I have described this to being like the feeling I had when I was in graduate school and getting my master's in nursing. I felt like I walked into a building, and I thought, well, I understand the dimensions of this room. But then at the end of the room is a door, and it led into another room that I didn't even know existed. And I opened up a door in that room. Oh, there's another whole thing that I have to learn. There's another yeah. whole room. That's the feeling that you get when you write a book because you're probing deeper into a topic that's going to show your authority. And by the time mm -hmm. you've finished writing that book, you have even more knowledge that increases your credibility that much further. Okay. Therefore, I suggest picking a topic that is related to what you are doing that shows your expertise and most importantly, you know people are interested in that topic. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to write a book about how you create a chicken shed in your backyard, you might reach a pretty small audience. But if you talk about how you can market your business using the latest social media techniques, as I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. 
he got a much bigger audience other than the rural farmers who and the people maybe in some suburban areas who are allowed to have chicken sheds or chicken coops but in general look for a topic that's going to have a wider appeal and yet is not flooded with other books on the same topic that's why it's important to know what your competition would be okay great thanks for that so when you're writing your book do you think it's a good idea to do a book proposal and maybe plan a book tour or different type of techniques to promote it what advice would you give on on that topic yeah those are two important pieces beginning with the end in mind i'll take the second question first in terms of the book tour is um, i know people who start marketing their book before they have even written it they Mm -hmm. start thinking about the topic who might be interested in the topic Mm -hmm. i have a podcast called writing to get business and i interviewed a man a few days ago who told me that he recruited a group of beta readers to give him feedback about the book as he was writing it. Hmm. He asked them to buy a copy of the book as their admission ticket to this process. He used 254 beta readers. So by the time he had gotten, and I don't know what he charged, but let's just say he charged $20. Twenty dollars times two hundred and fifty-four, paid for his expenses associated with publishing the book, okay. and he already had two hundred and fifty-four copies sold by the time he was ready to release his book, and he had gotten all their feedback mm-hmm. and their cooperation and interest in helping him to promote the book when it came out. The book proposal which I recommend people do in the beginning, helps you think through what you want to put in your book. What is your topic? What is Who's your ideal reader? What are the chapters that you want to lay out? How are you going to market the book? What are the benefits to the reader okay. of getting this book? An agent who's going to approach a traditional publisher on your behalf will require you to have a book proposal If you're independently publishing the book, which is the choice most people take, that whole process gives you a huge head start. You know, what are the competing books? And how is your book going to be different from those? You're thinking in terms of pricing. You're deciding on the length. You've got an outline of chapters. You have a summary of the chapters. All of that preparation work then enables you to say, okay, I've thought this thing through. Now I'm ready to start writing. Okay. Great. This has been very helpful. (laughs) Just giving some insight. So thank you so much for being my guest today. So Pat, if someone wants to maybe work more closely with you on writing a book and maybe uh, enroll in your coaching program, how can we contact you? Sure. I'd be happy to give that information. There are three levels by which I work with people. The first is a ghostwriter. When an individual has the expertise but doesn't have the writing skills or the time to sit down and write the book himself or herself, a ghostwriter comes in and says, let me talk with you, record those conversations, 
and turn that content into a book for you. That's the highest level of investment. That's the highest level of time that I've put into a project because I am writing the book for that person and with that person. Okay. Some people have written a book and they know that they're kind of blind to what they've written in the sense that you can easily lose your objectivity about what you've written. Somebody else who picks up that manuscript can say, ah, yes, here's what you need to do to change that. <laughs> yeah. um, for example, I just got hired by a man in Romania who has written a book with a pilot, a Romanian pilot, and they've gotten it translated into English, but they want to make sure that it, it is using English properly, right. that it's got headers and subheaders, there are call-outs, which is when you see a book that's got maybe in the middle of the page a sentence in big letters, that's called a call-out. Okay. Are there mistakes that they put into the book? Like, for example, they wrote about something being $380 million, and they put the dollar sign at the end of that number instead of in the front. Well, you know, the American eye sees yeah. that as a mistake, but to them it looks normal because that's how they denote currency okay. in their language. An editor picks up all of those mistakes, makes it smooth, makes it sound professional. I work with people who have written their book and then want to have it professionally edited to represent them most clearly. Okay. And then the third way is a book coach. I have a course that will be the end of January, the last weekend in January 2021, and I will do it periodically over the course of the year. It is designed to help you get your book started over a three-day weekend with writing exercises, okay. and then I will provide support every other week for three months to help you stay on track, accountable, not stuck, <laughs> getting some encouragement, yes. and I'm adding in as a bonus that I will offer 15-minute calls with me, unlimited calls for a period of a year after that course starts the last weekend in January to help the people I'm working with to make sure that book gets finished. The course is called Get Your Book Finished. Okay. And I emphasize finished, Aura, because <laughs> there are a lot of books that are sitting on hard drives, yes. not doing any good whatsoever. Maybe they're done like 80%, 90%, mm -hmm. yeah. but they're sitting there and they're stuck. And I don't want to see the people I work with experience that frustration. I want them to go all the way through this process. Yes. So to get more information about that course, the website to go to is http colon forward slash forward slash mywriting.tips forward slash aura, O-R-A. That website again is http colon forward slash forward slash mywriting dot tips forward slash aura o r a, and that will give you information about the course, the investment that is required, the dates, and the support that we'll be offering. Okay, and then how many times a year? You say you do it a couple times. Uh... I'm planning to do it in January 2021. I am considering doing it again the end of April okay. after the first group gets through. Okay. And then possibly every quarter after that, I will see how this works. 
I have taught this course in six months intervals once a month for six months mm -hmm. and I've taught it in three month intervals okay. and this is my effort to rearrange the timing so that right. people can get through the process faster and with more support from me yeah great excellent all right well once again I would like to just thank you for providing all this insight because there are quite a few of us I think who are sitting on a book <laughs> It's been started, but we just need to get it finished. So thank you so much for being my guest, Pat. And, You're uh, welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay. Trying to find the button. <laughs> okay. So put my glasses back on. <laughs> Okay, Excellent. so yeah, I turned it off there. All right, well, thank you. Um... <laughs>